watching The Joy Whisperer, where we explore the practice and the science of joy as a catalyst for our relationships, our restoration, our resistance, and our resilience. So today we are going to be diving into the power of joy and trusting the process of change without having to force anything or without having to change people um, and force them to be something they are not. So there are three truths today that we're going to be focusing on. Number one, no one can be changed until they are ready to be changed. I know that's a hard one to swallow, but it is true. People change in their own time and in their own manner. Number two, when we judge others, they hide their true selves. So they don't feel psychologically safe to even be around us. And we really don't get to see the true self that they are. And they actually miss out on seeing their own true selves. And truth number three, true connection requires authenticity. So it means that we have to be willing to come with 100% our true selves in order to really connect with other people. So I encourage you to get ready, have an open mind. You're going to hear some things you probably have never heard before and that are going to challenge what you think you've always known. So get a friend, grab a pen, get ready because we are going to dive into some really deep stuff today on The Joy Whisperer. My Shiro doesn't always wear a cape but she always has time for a hug, a smile, for going the extra mile. My Shiro stretches every dollar, puts in long hours, puts others first. But now it's your time, Mom. When you're ready to retire, we want you to be able to enjoy it. It's time to start saving now. A free three-minute online chat can give you the personalized tips you need to start boosting your retirement savings today. Visit aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college, so I'm trying to break that barrier. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and, and it paid off. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence, and now I feel unstoppable. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Honey, what I think you need is a socket wrench. I played JV basketball. I'm sorry. I don't think it looks right. This is good, and it's all good, baby. Is it really all good? If you love me enough to routinely test your handyman skills, not to mention the strength of your marriage, then of course you'll visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to make sure I'm in the right car seat. theory to live by. Now, it's not necessarily a theory in the traditional sense. It's probably more of what I might call a framework, but it is derived from a book that many of us are very familiar with, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And the Four Agreements are really a basic lens from which we can um, engage with other people and really remain at peace and not put our assumptions on to other people. So the four agreements are, number one, 
Be impeccable with your word. So what you say is what you mean. Your word is your bond. Be impeccable with your word. Number two, don't take anything personally. People are engaging and living and acting based on the story that is playing out in their own lives. And it is not always necessarily about you. Their behaviors are 100% about them and what's going on with them. Number three, don't make assumptions. What we interpret from other people is not necessarily what they intended. And so it's important to ask questions, give people grace, find an understanding before we jump to making assumptions. And the fourth agreement is always do your best. And this is the idea of really in living a life of excellence to the best of your ability. It doesn't mean everything has to be perfect. It doesn't mean walking on eggshells and making sure that nothing goes wrong. It means do your best, which is actually refreshing because it means that I am only requiring myself to do what I am capable of doing. And if I don't do it well this time, I know that I can improve because we are always growing and improving. So again, be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. Now, for any research and resources that are featured on today's show, please go to thejoywhisperer.org and click on the episode's link. It's time to tag a friend in this conversation. My name is Celia. I'm Brazilian and have lived in Germany for about 20 years. As a human being who loves human beings, I believe that joy is the result of cultivating meaningful moments moments that we give special meaning to and value them because we are grateful for them. The more we practice giving special meaning to these moments that we create, that we live, that we experience, the more we become joyful. People cannot change until they choose to be changed. And this is really the, the, the autonomy that we have in our lives. We can either continue on in the trajectory that we are on, which could be a good or bad, um, or we can pivot and, and change that trajectory. Now, I say it as if it's really easy to do. It is not easy to do, but it is something that we have to understand that when we see something in another person that we would like to change, um, when something that somebody else is doing is bringing us grief, misery, sadness, we can request what we'd like, but it is not on us ultimately to push and force and insist that somebody else changes, especially if that change is primarily for our own good. Think about that for a second, how self-serving that might be. Now, I don't want to assume that anytime we want somebody to change their ways, that it is because for, you know, it's for our benefit. Sometimes it's because we genuinely care about the other person and the behaviors that they're engaging in are hurtful and we just don't want to see them suffer. So that is understandable. But the reality is that people move at the pace that they choose to move. People change as they choose to change. We can create environments that make it safe for them. We can love them. But what we can't do is push and push and push and push and expect somebody to just 
up and change for us. Now, there's three things that happen when we push people to move in the direction that we want them to move into. They may appease us for a while, but there are times when, and it really depends on the personality, it depends on who we're engaging with, but there are times when they may just play along for a while and they can do that for as long as they can stand being outside of their true selves. Because if they are outside of their true selves, it's not going to be sustainable. It's not going to last. So we have to keep that in mind as we think about the ways that we want people to move and adjust and, and mold to our expectations and our needs. So when we apply pressure, people tend to resist. And so we get this sort of resistance in the form of just maybe cutting conversations short or not engaging at all, or we see a lot of different ways that people resist. And so if you're, for example, in a marriage and there are certain things that you would like your spouse to do, and rather than enabling them to adjust and grow in the way that they would naturally, you are deciding to take the reins and take authority and hold them accountable and make them do what you want them to do you might find that the resistance that they show you is far greater than any kind of resistance they, that they would show otherwise. So that's the first part that, you know, when you apply pressure, people tend to resist. Now this is, and I'll give you one caveat. Now if this is some, something that somebody has asked for and they have expressed an interest in um sort of doing this transformation in their life, and there's some specific ways that they said will be helpful for them, then that's, you know, completely acceptable. But as soon as you cross the line and you go beyond what they've asked or what they have articulated that they needed, um, then we are really sort of risking them actually going the opposite direction as opposed to the, you know, to the direction that we'd like. Now, people resent you also when we apply pressure. You know, it, it becomes this burdensome type of relationship because they resent the fact that you are pushing them to do something differently. And they may very well know that it's something that they should do differently. They may recognize this particular weakness in their own life. But when you bring it up to them, it only accentuates it and they resent you as the messenger rather than you as the person in their life that they can trust and that they're safe with and that they can really sort of relax, let their hair down and be themselves with. Now, people also tend to do the exact opposite when we apply pressure. And this really can serve to frustrate everybody involved because they are, they are trying to just get free of what you're doing and perhaps by doing the opposite you will just leave them alone altogether um, you are completely frustrated because you're putting so much energy into this and ultimately nobody is pleased so just let people do what they want let's look at this in a different way rather than allowing people to do what they want think about it in terms of you are clear about what you want and you make your decisions accordingly amazing experience. It was so much more than I expected. I didn't quite know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. Was it the right program for me? Was I going to get what I needed out of it? 
I got what I needed and more. For anyone considering becoming a coach, I highly recommend this program. This weekend intensive was so awesome. Uh, it allows structure and discipline and it's an efficient process. And most importantly, you have instructors that bring real life experiences that bring the content to life. I got practice. I'm not afraid to walk out and coach somebody right now. I also got clients and booked clients from those discussions. I also booked a speaking engagement from this weekend. This was way more than I could have imagined. We're just phenomenal. You know, I, I don't really think I could have asked for much more. If you love them enough to drive an hour to cheer them on as they get beat 11 to nothing in the rain, then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. If you need to do something to feel okay to drive, you're not okay to drive. Don't drive buzzed. My Shiro doesn't always wear a cape, but she always has time for a hug, a smile, for going the extra mile. My Shiro stretches every dollar, puts in long hours, puts others first. But now it's your time, Mom. When you're ready to retire, we want you to be able to enjoy it. It's time to start saving now. A free three-minute online chat can give you the personalized tips you need to start boosting your retirement savings today. Visit aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. So when left alone to allow the truth to play out in our lives, we tend to see the areas that we need to work on all on our own. Whether we admit it or not to the public, we see it within ourselves. When we are alone with ourselves, we understand there is a tape that's playing in our head that says, this needs to happen. You really need to work on this. If nothing else, we are more critical of ourselves than we are of affirming of ourselves. So we never have to worry about whether or not somebody is going to get the message that they need to change or improve something. Now, it's okay to send that message, but it's important for us to understand that ultimately, it's on the person to implement those changes in their lives. And so we can be a team of support, we can be friends, we can be a soundboard, but we can, what we cannot be is their God. <laughs> what we cannot be is the person that strong arms the change in their life because it is really up to them to take the time, focus in on themselves, and make the changes that need to be made. Now, when people are left alone again to allow their lives to play out, these things will become apparent to them. Think about the times where you have just been, you know, just sort of on your own, maybe taking a ride in a car, taking a drive, going for a walk, and you're reflecting on the ways that you want to improve your life. You're reflecting on maybe some strategies that you want to put in place to get to the next level. We all do this to some extent. And so we have to trust that the people in our lives that we love and that we care for 
are also considering the ways that they can improve their lives. Now, the way that people go about improving their lives is really in safe spaces. And so when they know that they're among people who love and support them unconditionally, they are safer to take risks, to make changes, because they don't have the fear of judgment that is looming over their heads. So it's really important for us to honor the fact that people do have the ability to recognize areas in their lives that need to be changed and to take the initiative to, to, to do what it takes. Everybody doesn't have the resources, everybody may not have the motivation, but our role is to be the supporters. Our role is to be fellow human beings to the individuals. It doesn't mean that we don't make statements and declarations about what it is that we see that you know can improve or that's hurting them or that's hurting you. Honesty is important. Authenticity is, in, is essential. But we have to understand our limitations and we have to understand the role that we indeed have in somebody's life. And that role is one that frees them to see themselves. Doesn't constrain them, but frees them to see themselves. And if they feel safe in your presence, they then will feel safe enough to come to you to help usher them through that process. We're going to hear from an expert who's going to share with us what happens when we try to strong arm change in somebody else's life. about myself and I you know every now and then I disclose my own <laughs> epiphanies about me um, is the one of the constant threads in my relationship experiences whether it's romantic relationships relationships with friends colleagues is my reluctance to hold people accountable um, I'm I want to give people the benefit of the doubt no matter what you know and even when they're not showing me that they deserve the benefit of the doubt I'm just holding on like to hope that they are going to come around and, and they're going to get it together. And so what I have really, and this is in watching other people's relationships, um, I, I remember sitting there watching somebody's relationship or their interaction just a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago and the way she was holding him, holding him accountable, accountable in a loving way, but very firm, very much making it a point that no, I don't, I don't, that's not okay. And I thought, when do I do that? Mm-hmm. And it won't, I don't think that I can have or will have the kind of relationship that I really want until I get that thing down. So can I play with that? Please. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd go a different place with it. I'd ask the question why you can't find someone who is inherently accountable in the first place. That's a great question. So yeah. he's challenging So So, so no, no. But so, here, but here's the question. deal. You don't have to have the expectation of accountability if you find your way to someone who is already accountable. They live it, breathe it, demonstrate it. Right. So so the problem with expectations is they're this mirror that we were talking about with Steve mm-hmm. rather than asking the question. So like, how do I keep finding my way to people who aren't inherently accountable to me? Right. That's a whole different question than holding them to account, which is inherently kind of violent on people. Interesting. So, okay, let me ask you this because now I'm, I'm in learning mode now. So let me ask you this. This is fun. Let's just, (laughs) let's just do this deal. (laughs) Right. So, so my question for you though, is, is as human beings, no matter where, what levels and what heights we reach, 
isn't there always some level of accountability that, I mean, isn't that part of what we need each other for? And I don't mean accountability in terms of you need to treat me right. I, I don't mean that kind of accountability. I just mean in terms of challenge each other, challenging each other to greater heights, you know, instead of, I see this in you. And I really, I believe that you can be better. I'm going I'm to go real personal with you on okay. this. All right. Um, you don't need to be challenged, Pamela. <laughs> I don't really. I've been watching you in, you know, I don't know, I, mean, I don't know you that well. But we've uh -huh. talked a number of times. Right. I mean, it, it's who you are. Right. So mm -hmm. if I were, I'm going to get uncomfortable here even with myself. See, if it, my ask of someone like you isn't, I think you should do better, which is me projecting. Right, right. It's to, and here's where I get a little uncomfortable, is it's to adore you the way you are mm -hmm. and know that that creates the fertilizer right. for, for, for you to, to grow in whatever way you want to, not because I ask it of you, not because I demand it of you, but sure. because I'm holding the space for that. I'm at best a midwife, right? Mm. And when you, find, when you find that... When you find that, that's uh -huh. a reciprocal kind of deal, right. then there's just natural, or use the word organic during the break, there's yeah. this natural organicness mm -hmm. because you, 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 you're with someone that it all is allowed to be the way it is. We don't have to expect them to be different because right. they are. Yeah. They are that, yeah. and it's not an ask of them anymore. There is power in joy, and today's power here is my self-love is joy baby tea. Check it out. Go to thejoywhisperer.org and find the various designs in this particular shirt. Now, I love it because it speaks to the heart of what self-love is all about. Self-love is our highway to joy. It is our way to find fulfillment within and to take that and use it in the world. So when you wear this shirt, people will stop you, people will look, and it is a great conversation starter around what it means to walk and live and bask in genuine, authentic joy. Go to joywhisperer.org and get your t-shirt today. Hmm, maybe you can make retirement happen. After all, you made home ownership happen. Homeschooling yourself on loans, beefing up your credit score. So I'm pre-approved. You were like, yes! Sorry. Color coding listings, ticking boxes, and flushing every toilet in a 20-mile radius. Home sweet home. You aced house hunter. Now get the tips you need to get on track at aceyourretirement.org. If you need to do something to feel okay to drive, you're not okay to drive. Don't drive buzzed. STEM is the discipline of hard numbers. Precise. No margin for error. Dare to forget that. Dare to have fun with it. Get weird with it. Dare to get messy. Or just mess it up. Dare to program something internet-breaking. Record-breaking. Dare to blow their minds. Dare to try. Dare to fail. Dare to keep daring. Science! Dare to learn the difference between organic, sedimentary, and non-foliated metamorphic rock. Get outside. Find those rocks. Dare to be homeroom famous. A high school fable. Dare to send those old STEM theories flying past the neighbor's house into outer space. 
and for the love of STEM. Dare bigger. Dare to code. Dare to invent. Dare to explore. Dare to STEM. Check out She Can STEM to get started. It's all is good, it, baby. Is it really all good? If you love me enough to routinely test your handyman skills, not to mention the strength of your marriage, then of course you'll visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to make sure I'm in the right car seat. It's time to tag a friend in this conversation. Hi, I'm Jackie, and I'm from Merced, California. Um, I am most able to be myself when I'm hanging out with my twin sister. Um, I have two sisters who are identical twins, and like we grew up together being so close to each other. Like, we literally like know each other. Like, because we're both like, it feels like we're both the same exact person, and like it's just so easy to be like myself. When we judge others, they hide their true selves. They hide their true selves from themselves and from us. And it's important for us to understand this because, you know, who really wants to be under somebody's microscope? Who wants to have spotlight put on the very things that we want to hide? So the element here, the critical element here is that of judgment. When we judge other people, they shrink away from us anyway so that we don't have the room to judge them anymore. So it really is not an effective way of engaging with somebody else. So think about that. If there's ways that you can pull back your judgment a little bit and focus in on what you love about them, what you can embrace about them, then you might be able to make a breakthrough and connect with them in a more effective way. So then the question arises, well, how do you hold people accountable? How do you make sure that people are doing what they're supposed to be doing? Well, the truth is that it is not necessarily our responsibility to hold other people accountable. What our responsibility is, is to make space and to create a, an environment that enables them to hold themselves accountable. I had a really amazing conversation that kind of challenges that notion a bit. I want you to check it out. So I had to bring my good colleague, Coach Jay Hurt, into this conversation to get a little perspective on his thoughts around change and when we want to implement change in other people's lives. Hey there, Jay. Hey, Dr. Pam. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. This is awesome. I always love your perspective and to debate your perspectives on <laughs> various topics. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate that. I'm excited. <laughs> Great. So my question for you is when you have somebody in your life who you care about, you are, you know, connected in a, you know, in a way that there's trust and they see something in you that they want to change, you know, they don't like the way you talk to them or look at them or whatever that is. And they want you to change some aspect of yourself. What are some really good ways and some really bad ways that somebody can sort of request a change that's in a, you? That's a great question, right? Um, because it's easy to be put off by someone coming to you and just saying, I want you to change how you talk to me. I want you to change how you act around me, right? But I think there are certain things that you can do to have a conversation with someone um, where the change can be, um, it can be a powerful conversation, an effective conversation. I think one of those first things you do is that you come to them and, and find out where they're coming from or, or what, you know, what's important to them 
in the conversation that they're having with you. So like using your example of, um, so, you know, you, I want you to change how you talk to me. Right. So what is it? What is it? So what is it about how I talk to you that is challenging? What is it you don't like? Um, am I offensive? You know, help me understand what the problem is. Right. And I think it's a real thing for us to be insightful enough in ourselves and open enough to stop and listen. Right. Because if somebody wants to affect change, we should be open to listen and understand and be willing to grow and hear someone's perspective. Um, on the flip side of that, if someone is coming to me, you know, telling me what to do, um, trying to be intimidating, trying to push the envelope on how to get me to change, I'm going to become defensive. I'm yeah. going to push back. I'm not going to understand where they're coming from. Mm. So with that, I'm not going to change. Um, so, you know, that's the, that's the challenge. And therein lies the rub. It's all about how you deliver the message. You may have the same, um, the same thing that you want to deliver. And one way you'll make me push back and the other way I'll be very accepting and open. Ha, that's really, that's interesting. Um, because it's frustrating because some people lack tact and, you know, they just say what they got to say. I keep it real. You know, people say that I right. keep it real, but what kinds of questions? Cause you said, the approach of trying to understand a person's perspective and where they're coming from. How do you do that? Because that's not just something that people naturally know how to do. They're in the moment, they're angry, they're frustrated, they feel sad or hurt or whatever. And so you're asking people to stop and say, so where's that coming from? I mean, how does that work in, in real yes. time? So as you know, I'm a coach and my favorite thing about coaching, my favorite, um, component of coaching is asking open-ended questions, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of um, insinuating, you know, a, a, a feeling or a thought or even being direct about something, stop and ask, as you said, where's that coming from? How does that feel for you, right? So ask questions that um, open the door to a conversation, right? Because the more that you press, mm -hmm. the more that you try to force someone to do something, the more they want to push back. I mean, <clears throat> we don't have to look any farther than our kids, right? We can tell our kids <laughs> what to do all day long. Right. And they're like, no, I don't want to do that, mommy. I don't want to do that, daddy. But if we ask them and they tell us what they want to do, they're going to be a lot more open to the conversation, right? So I think that's, it's the same way with adults. Yeah, uh, that, that's great. I think that people do struggle with this because they see something. I think part of it may be just not doing it in the moment. I mean, if you're heated and you're angry and I'm saying to you, well, where's that coming from? You might not be in the mood to explain to me <laughs> where Probably that's not. coming from. So timing has to be everything as Absolutely. well. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think so that I think that almost goes without saying, but really it should be said because a lot of us lack time. Yeah. And Absolutely. not yes. only do we lack timing, sometimes we, it's almost like we specifically look for the wrong time to say something, right? We're using, our emotions to push us through a moment in time rather than stopping, stepping back and saying, okay, how should I deal with the situation better? If, if I want to affect change, do I jump in this conversation when both of us are angry, both of us are heated, or do I step back, give some time and space and then have this conversation when tensions are not running, running high? Um, I think that changes the dynamic that changes the entire conversation and you get a much better opportunity to affect change.
I love it. Thank you so much. And if you want to learn more, Jay, tell us about your, your YouTube channel. Absolutely, for sure. So I have a YouTube channel called The Confident Charismatic. Um, it is a, an opportunity um, in our channel to talk about confidence, charisma, winning at life. Um, it's for men, but ladies, we'd love to have you too. Um, we want everyone to understand how much confidence affects every part of our lives, our careers, our relationships, our relationships with our kids, whatever it looks like. So yeah, come see me there. And we have more Joy Whisperer on the way. More of the Joy Whisperer coming up. Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college. So I'm trying to break that barrier. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard and, and it paid off. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence and now I feel unstoppable. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. It's all is good, it, baby. Is it really all good? If you love me enough to routinely test your handyman skills, not to mention the strength of your marriage, then of course you'll visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to make sure I'm in the right car seat. Thank you. Thank you. It was an amazing experience. It was so much more than I expected. I didn't quite know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. Was it the right program for me? Was I going to get what I needed out of it? I got what I needed and more. For anyone considering becoming a coach, I highly recommend this program. This weekend intensive was so awesome. Uh, it allows structure and discipline and it's an efficient process. And most importantly, you have instructors that bring real life experiences that bring the content to life. I got practice. I'm not afraid to walk out and coach somebody right now. I also got clients and booked clients from those discussions. I also booked a speaking engagement from this weekend. This was way more than I could have imagined. We're just phenomenal. You know, I, I don't really think I could have asked for much more. It's time to tag a friend in this conversation. Able to be my best self. Um, honestly, when I'm like with my friends or I'm out like just doing stuff or enjoying myself, like really living for me, um, you know, like this last weekend I had Saturday off, which is a, not a very often thing for a bartender, uh, but it was so nice to just be able to wake up and go enjoy the day and like go eat dinner and um, yeah, it was amazing, so that's when I'm able to be my best self. <laughs> So this week's whisper in my ear is a really tough question, but it's a good question because it's something that we all face some way um, throughout our lives. And the question is, how do I show up as my authentic self in an environment where I know that my authentic self will not be accepted? Now this is interesting um, because 
there can be a variety of situations for which this is the case. It could be your job. It could be an experience with in-laws. It could be, um, you know, just when you're networking or socializing or going to school. There are probably always going to be environments that don't necessarily embrace the whole of who we are and may not really be able to resonate with who you are. And this could be due to your identity um, as a person. It could be your profession, your viewpoints. Uh, there's a lot of different ways in which people receive you um, based on whether or not they resonate with you or not. So how do you navigate through situations like that? It's not easy because you have to make decisions um, about what parts of yourself you are willing to share with other people. Now, many of us have heard this idea, this term code switching, and people of color in particular have really kind of grown up seeing our parents do this, um, seeing our colleagues do this in order to fit into a certain environment. And for those of you who aren't familiar with code switching, it's that idea of switching our language in order to be a bit more palatable for the people that may not necessarily understand or resonate with our natural cultural dialogue. So we might speak a little bit more differently and, you know, just for the sake of having people understand us. I don't want to say, you notice I, I avoided properly, because that is, um, you know, all subjective, depending on what that is. So do we behave differently in the presence of others in order to be accepted? Well, I think that we have to make a few decisions in order to really decide what works best for us. First and foremost, we have to be able to have safe spaces in general in our life so that even when we enter into those spaces that are not safe for us, we do have a reprieve. We do have a place where we can exhale and be our full selves. So that's one thing that's really important. Number two, we need to make a decision about what sacrifices are worth it. What sacrifices are worth covering up parts of yourself um, in order to fit in? And some sacrifices may not be worth it. And for some, you may say, you know what, in this moment, I can do that. And the third one is to develop an exit strategy. I personally believe that if you're in an environment that is not for you, that it is not healthy to stay in that environment. So even if we're talking about in-laws, it doesn't mean you have to leave the family. It just means that you need to find ways to escape to find reprieve. So I hope that helps, but at the end of the day, it's really gonna be important for you to make these decisions for yourself. True connection requires safety. Now, I have talked about safety in other episodes. I've talked about even Amy Edmondson's model of psychological safety. And I wanna bring that back for this conversation. Now, Edmondson's work primarily focuses on the workplace and how employees either feel safe enough to speak up, to point out a mistake, um, or they do not, and they sort of become silent. And it's a work environment that really shuns mistakes, that really shuns speaking up, that in the, you know really strives for this unrealistic expectation of perfection. And there are a lot of ways that what Amy's work has done in the workplace is applicable to our engagement in relationships, um, whether that is our family members, 
colleagues, friends, and so forth. And so I want to bring home a little bit of her work into this particular conversation. Now, Amy offers three different um, ways in which psychological safety um, can show up and can be sort of nurtured in the workplace. And the one is um, infallible, is to, to model infallibility. And what that means is I cannot, uh, I'm sorry, model fallibility. And that means that it is okay if we are not perfect. Fallibility means that there are flaws that we have and really embracing the fact that we're human. And so modeling fallibility in our relationships means being really transparent about those things that we are struggling with or the ways that we are still growing without trying to you know, have this facade of perfectionism. So modeling that fallibility frees other people to be imperfect as well. Now, it doesn't mean that we are lowering our standards. It just means that we are being our authentic selves so that we can then see the areas that can use growth and improvement. The next one is to frame the work. And what that means in the workplace is really getting clear on what is this task that we're working on and, and what are the expectations around it. In our personal relationships, we can look at this from the standpoint of just getting clear on our understanding of our situation, of what it is we're doing. Maybe we're going on vacation and we have a certain way that we are approaching this vacation. Um, and so really framing the work is important. And the last one is embracing the messenger. So if somebody comes to you uh, to express a concern, now this is enabling us to look at the flip side, we it helps when we embrace that person, when we listen and we take the time to pause and hear them out. If we shame them for offering us feedback, I can guarantee you they are not going to offer feedback ever again. And so we have to understand that this is to our benefit to, to embrace the messenger, but it also enhances the relationship overall. Susan, after. And all night I had to watch you two smile and take pictures together. Maurice is the lead of my film. I know. I don't care. It's my job to make her feel comfortable, Marie. Not at my expense. Uh, yeah, actually, it is. Despite how you feel about it, it is my job. And you would never forget oh, to thank You wouldn't. Because she's psychotic. No, because she would flip the f out and spend the rest of the night making you pay for it so much so that you would never let that sh happen again. So what you're saying is that you're not nuts enough. No, what I'm saying is you spend your entire life catering to the feelings and the whims of literally everyone but me. Agents, producers, crew members, actors, Fictional characters get more respect and empathy from you than I do. And that's what's so odd about this whole situation, because I get it. Taylor is wonderful in the film, but when you get up there and you talk about her ability to breathe life into the character of Imani without ever mentioning that if I didn't live my life, she wouldn't exist. It's kind of weird. Imani is not based on you. Oh, so she's a 20-year-old drug addict trying to get clean. Was that just a pure... Obviously, you getting clean was a part of the inspiration. At 20. Yes, and you were able to provide genuine insight into that, what that was like. But Imani's not based on you. It's an amalgamation of all different things, all bunch of things. Who? People.
Here you go. Thank you. Thank you. An amazing experience. It was so much more than I expected. I didn't quite know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. Was it the right program for me? Was I going to get what I needed out of it? I got what I needed and more. For anyone considering becoming a coach, I highly recommend this program. This weekend intensive was so awesome. Uh, it allows structure and discipline and it's an efficient process. And most importantly, you have instructors that bring real life experiences that bring the content to life. I got practice. I'm not afraid to walk out and coach somebody right now. I also got clients and booked clients from those discussions. I also booked a speaking engagement from this weekend. This was way more than I could have imagined. We're just phenomenal. You know, I, I don't really think I could have asked for much more. drive an hour to cheer them on as they get beat 11 to nothing in the rain, then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college, so I'm trying to break that barrier. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and, and it paid off. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence and now I feel unstoppable. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. It's time to tag a friend in this conversation. Hello, my name is Zachary Callahan. I'm from Davis, California. Uh, Daniel asked me, when am I able to be my best self? Uh, I would say I'm my best self when somebody's in distress because my natural inclination is to like try and ease that stress. Sometimes joy just comes out the way it comes out. And we have got to be willing to express joy in our own unique way. I absolutely love how this young baseball player decided to celebrate his own little victory at the expense of his poor mother who freaked out with his choice of celebration. But I want you to check this out and think about how you can express joy in your own unique way. Shiro doesn't always wear a cape, but she always has time for a hug, a smile, for going the extra mile. My Shiro stretches every dollar, puts in long hours, puts others first. But now it's your time, Mom. 
When you're ready to retire, we want you to be able to enjoy it. It's time to start saving now. A free three-minute online chat can give you the personalized tips you need to start boosting your retirement savings today. Visit aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. It's all is good, it, baby. Is it really all good? If you love me enough to routinely test your handyman skills, not to mention the strength of your marriage, then of course you'll visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to make sure I'm in the right car seat. If you need to do something to feel okay to drive, you're not okay to drive. Don't drive buzzed. This was an amazing experience. It was so much more than I expected. I didn't quite know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. Was it the right program for me? Was I gonna get what I needed out of it? I got what I needed and more. For anyone considering becoming a coach, I highly recommend this program. This weekend intensive was so awesome. Uh, it allows structure and discipline and it's an efficient process. And most importantly, you have instructors that bring real life experiences that bring the content to life. I got practice. I'm not afraid to walk out and coach somebody right now. I also got clients and booked clients from those discussions. I also booked a speaking engagement from this weekend. This was way more than I could have imagined. We're just phenomenal. You know, I, I don't really think I could have asked for much more. So I recall a time in my life where I really started to realize that I had abandoned parts of myself. And it really didn't come to light for me until I had profound moments alone. So it really kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about when people are left alone to sort of walk in their, their truth, they start to see things about their lives that they may want to change themselves. And so this happened for me um, in my early 30s. And I wrote about this in Letters to the Brokenhearted, and I, I want to share a piece of that journey with you. So here I write, when I was in my relationship, I neglected three particular areas in my life that were once huge priorities for me. Writing, working out regularly, and bonding with friends. Of course, I'm the one responsible for neglecting these things. This was so indicative of how much of myself I was willing to sacrifice and pay less attention to in exchange for meeting his needs. After leaving him, the things I neglected became painfully obvious because without him around, I finally took the time to look at myself. Not only did I not recognize myself, I didn't even recognize where I was. How the heck did I end up here? I was supposed to be a writer, an author, an anchor woman, a talk show host. And what am I doing in the Midwest? No wonder I was so miserable and unfulfilled. Who was this person I had become? I made a vow to myself to never neglect what I love again, particularly because these specific things, the writing, working out, bonding with friends, were important to me. I decided that if I ever again got so consumed with someone that I began to neglect what I treasure, that person is simply not the one for me. 
With the right person, I will not be less of myself. I will actually be more of myself. I will not only continue to write, exercise, and socialize, but I will thrive in those areas with this person in my life. He will appreciate that part of me. What I love to do will be important to him because they're important to me. And he will encourage me to do more of it and to do it well. So it's interesting that this enlightenment happened after I had a moment to step away from all of the chaos of the life that I was living, all of the emotional turmoil that I was carrying. So the moment that I realized how very different I had become and where I was sitting in life, I had the opportunity to make some real and powerful changes in my life. And it was me, it was up to me to decide whether or not I wanted to stay where I was or if I wanted to adjust and change the path and the trajectory of my life. And so I did exactly that. But it took the opportunity to separate myself from that chaos, from the emotional turmoil that I was facing in order to do that. And so I want you to understand that enabling people to have that space without our criticism, without our ridicule, without our judgment, can free them to consider and take the time they need to see themselves and to see their lives. It may not happen as instantaneously as we'd like, but we have to trust the process and know that it will happen. Six years ago, I was running my family's business. We had a golf center in Salem, Oregon, which I'd been running for 11 years. It consisted of a driving range, a retail golf store, and a nine-hole par three golf course. Now, I, and I was unhappy. I was really unhappy. You know, there was a, <clears throat> I know a lot of people give their left arm to have a job like that, but a part of me felt like I wasn't being my true authentic self. And that troubled me. Up to that point in my life, I'd had a lot of really nice accomplishments. I rode my bicycle across the United States. I finished over 50 triathlons, including four Ironman distance races. I traveled to Europe a handful of times, and I was running a successful business. So part of me felt like I had a good understanding of what success meant and felt like, but I wasn't feeling that way in my job or in my life anymore. I felt like I had this giant gift inside of me that wanted to come out, although I had no idea what it was. I just knew that it needed to be released. So I left the business. Now I had no idea what I was gonna do with the rest of my life, but I trusted my decision. Now it may not feel natural to sort of allow things to flow the way that they can. Because for those of us who are like me, you know, we're movers and shakers, you know, we wanna make things happen. And making things happen has its place. But allowing things to flow and trusting the process also has its place. So I want you to think about this this week as you carry on and you think about the things in your life that you want changed and the things that you want other people to change. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Joy Whisperer. Please join us every Thursday at noon Eastern time on SSN TV's Roku channel. Also, join me for further conversation on social media via LinkedIn or Whispering Joy on Instagram. Remember, joy is our greatest energy source for our relationships, our resilience, our restoration, and our resistance. I will see you next week. Have a joyful week.
more to come on SSN TV, television, all the way up.